is Will Tinkin. Thanks for listening to the Bitter Comics Comics Podcast. And here's your host, JT Foreman. Good job, dude. Can I have a high five? Yes. Good job. That's really nice. Hello, and welcome to episode 109 of the Bitter Comics Podcast. I am JT Foreman, and I am here with my good friends, Blake Hayden. Hi. Danny the Mitch Master Mitch. <laughs> yes. And Gabriel Not San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. It's hi. <laughs> uh, so Blake and uh, uh, Danny have both been on my podcast before. Uh, Gabriel, he's uh, new to the Fresno comedy scene and, of course, new to my podcast as well. So, uh, welcome to the party. Thank you uh, for having me. Thanks for coming. Um, he's, uh, he's eating some pizza that I made, and he pulled all the cheese off of it first. I am lactose intolerant, and it's delicious still. Yes. Uh, my, uh, my, my stepmom hated it because it was too spicy. I mean, <laughs> pepper and pepperoni, oh my gosh. What a shock. I'd be pissed. But actually, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it actually is the spiciest pepperoni I've ever had, but it's it's not that spicy to me. But Well, it does know. have pepper at the very beginning of its name. That's true. And it has oni. It is super <laughs> Which I, I have no idea. And if you have a spicini, yes. a what, it would a be a pepperoni. <laughs> there you go, I guess. I have no idea what it that means. great meal. Like pizza. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks, guys, uh, for coming. Um, we begin once again with uh, my opening segment. JT was a real prick last week, which I apologize for the cruel, offensive, and probably racist things I said last episode. Now, this is episode 109, so for my insensitivity in episode 108, I would like to apologize to Chihuahuas, the movie Rosewood, French Nazis, <laughs> The French magazine Muslims attacked because I can't remember the name of it. It's Charlie something. Okay. Hose, rose, and rose. If you'd like to know why I'm apologizing to each of these things, check out episode 108 and all our previous <laughs> episodes at bittercomics.podbean.com. If you uh, want to subscribe to the podcast, just go to that website, scroll down a little bit, and on the right hand side of the page, there are buttons to click on to subscribe using iTunes, Google, or My Yahoo. Or you can just go to the iTunes store and look up Bitter Comics, and we're there. And if you feel I owe any additional apologies, send us an email to bittercomics at hotmail.com. And in the subject line, please put French Muslims attacked a French magazine so it's all in-house. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good. So you don't you don't have uh, Will Tinkin doing the intro anymore? Oh, well, I do. I have a recording of that. And I oh, just, okay. I just <laughs> drop it on the... Yeah, uh, uh, Gabriel, you're not familiar with the podcast, so I'll just tell you this real quick. Uh, it's many months ago, uh, William, uh, Kevin Tinkin, uh, another local comic, had, was on the podcast, and his he had his son record a, a, a like a 15, 20 minute intro for the podcast. It was so freaking adorable. <laughs> 20 minute? Uh, second. Oh, sorry. I was like, this yeah, yeah, oh, oh my god, he's got a lot to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So then, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him all those things I did. And I was he touched me in my no no naughty spot. <laughs> oh, don't tell him that. Okay, oh, no, there's so, the line, and there it goes. Right. No, so, and now, now Blake so, and I know where to stay away the hot house, like the hell far away from. Yeah. I lure him in with pizza, and then I, I, I make him have to go to the bathroom. Oh, look at the time. <laughs> That's why he makes the pizza. He's got, he's got a lot of things in there. Make you go sleepy. Don't judge. Oh, like Tusk? Pretty cool, but don't judge. Uh, well, anyway, a 20-second intro, and I, it's, it was still freaking adorable. I still use it at the beginning of every episode. So, um, so uh, how's it going, guys? Anything exciting happening this week? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, Danny just started his open his new open mic. Oh yes, it's uh, not an open mic. Uh, the show it's, it's, a, it's a feature there show. Is, there, is feature a show. there is a thirty minute open mic at the beginning because that's I love doing an open mic. You understand? The reason that we say that is because as comics, we're like, oh, we get which, we're, you're so naturally self centered that don't we, be such yeah. a dick, Gabriel. Uh, I'm speaking <laughs> for YouTube. <laughs> I'm defending you technically. Uh, no, I was like open mic. He didn't open up an open mic. <laughs> it's a it's a feature comedy show with a thirty minute open mic at the beginning yes. um, and then we have one on Wednesday we have one on Thursday Zen Walk on Wednesday Mama's Back Door on Thursday uh, I, I have to say that I really appreciate the effort you go through 
to make sure that there are some open mics in, in town. Well, Blake uh, has one. Yes, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, the, the, the the people who are booking shows where they're charging to uh, for, I, I think you're the only one doing open mics. Uh, and you know, if, if if there's no place for new people to learn and practice, there's not going to be anyone to perform at those paid shows next, and, next year. And what I what I also want is, and and it's been happening. I was kind of afraid it wasn't going to happen. Was I wanted to. Do an open mic at the beginning, and even if the open mic comedians all don't get on, there's some other comedians that come on afterwards that have been doing it for a while, and they it's they can pick up pointers or yeah. or you say, well, I want to do it that way, I don't want to do it that way. But the only way you get better is by deciding whether you learn from everybody, whether they're good or whether they're bad. Uh, however, you consider them up on stage, you learn from them because. You learn as much from somebody that does a, a, a poor job as you do from from somebody who does a, a great job. Absolutely. Because you know, you'll be like, I'm not going to do that. Don't, yeah. I'm not going to do that. You know, that's something that, or I would do it a little bit differently. I'm not going to tell women in the audience that I hope their father raped them. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Again. I do, I don't, <laughs> don't do that, that, that was <laughs> really out of nowhere. No, no, I, I did a, a, the bit that I opened with last Monday, bro. Oh. Uh, oh, then the then the rape ju- jokes ensued after yeah, that. Dude. Rape Jew, jo- rape Is that a Freudian slip, Danny? Well, I'm, I am German, so it's in my history. <laughs> oh, <God>. so. <laughs> that was the line again. That yeah. was my bad. Then I read her diary. <laughs> Somewhere there's a little Jewish girl crying. No, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm a quarter Jewish, so I'm 20 for, 25% offended. But the other 75% thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> the Jewish part of you should still find it hilarious. Yeah, I think. <laughs> what was it Dave Chappelle said that when Kramer went off at yes. Black Factory, he found out that he was 90% comedian, 10% black? <laughs> because then yeah. everyone was like, this motherfucker, are you kidding me? Like, you can't. And like the, the 90% of me was like, Damn, I was having a bad set. Yeah. Keep in there, Kramer. Come back. <laughs> you got this, Kramer. Yeah. That was so hard. That was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, you know, I never did see it. I just heard about oh, it. Oh, it's the video? so uncomfortable. Yeah, you got to watch that. It's man. not It's not good. You know yeah. what crushed me was the... And this is from a guy that has used the N-word in jokes on stage several times. Well, several he's not times. joking. He's, he's not he's joking. He's completely and utterly mad. Yeah, he's, he's throwing slurs well, in out the beginning, there. In the beginning, they're laughing because they're like, maybe he could be joking. Right. And then you kind of like and see then it just turns. this transition. I think it was when they started yelling back. Yeah. It was because like he was doing it. Some people were like laughing because like, he was like, oh, yeah, you couldn't do this 50 years ago. And people like were kind of like, okay, like he might be going somewhere. And then they started yelling back and he just didn't apologize, nothing. And that's when people started they getting up. They started getting up and leaving. Uh, and then I watched uh, Jerry Seinfeld was on a talk show and they had, um, they had him apologize. And on his behalf. He, yeah, he yeah. kind of talked about the whole thing. Wait, okay. Jerry Seinfeld apologized? No, no, Jerry Seinfeld was on, and they're like, oh, um, you have Kramer on a webcam, is that correct? And he's like, yeah, he really wants to apologize. And So he went on the webcam and was apologizing and stuff like that, and people were laughing, because he was like, yeah, I lost my anger, and people started laughing, and he's like, you know, I'm starting to think this isn't the best place to do this. And it was kind of like, you know, and, and well, he was really... And fuck niggers! <laughs> yeah. No, but he used, he used the term Afro-American in that apology. Afro-American? Which is, which like, is not... When did the hairstyle become involved? In, it's an outdated in, term. <laughs> it's an outdated term. It's not PC anymore. And so, yeah, like, then, then that got flack. And his apology said, I don't dislike any afro White people are come-over Americans? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's not funny. I'm probably going to be a come-over American pretty soon. <laughs> You're probably going to be a dead American soon. That's the way things are going. Yeah, uh, so we're we're not the healthiest of two guys. No, we're not. I mean, look at the pizza we just uh, just been. Oh, I'm so I am looking at it. It looks like uh, yeah. it looks Spicy like pizza. something you see off of uh, an my, alien movie right now. This is my hard cheat meal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that popped out of Sigourney Weaver at the end of the third Alien movie. Only, As if anything that popped out her? of Sigourney Weaver wouldn't be something that Danny would eat anyway. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> that's probably her time of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Hi, I'm Sir Courtney Weaver for New Alien Tampax. You see the little mouth come out. <laughs> I imagine, like, us sitting here and Blake being like, so, Joel, where, where's the line for the... Uh, and he's like, well, Danny's going to show up any minute. Yeah, and then, and then he'll we'll... show you what not to do. You just kind of follow his lead. Uh, I, I can't get the picture of that little mouth coming out of her vagina. Uh, <laughs> 
dead Jewish girls and things popping out of vaginas. It's a good start. If we just had a dead Jewish girl pop out of a vagina, we would have the perfect show. Vaginal and oral sex at the same time. Perfect. A funny word. Uh, oh, uh, one other thing. Uh, one thing I did want to make sure I did. Last uh, last episode, I used the term a tough row row to hope. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, expression when something has been really difficult for a person. Um, and I, I couldn't remember if it was supposed to be tough row or tough road. It's row. Yeah, it is row. Oh, you know what? I it, thought you said a tough hoe to row. No, no. <laughs> That's on Blackstone. Once they float. Yeah. The tough road to hoe would be if you're trying to pick someone up on Blackstone. Right. And But, yeah, it is a tough road Row to hoe. Um, and I actually went to the in, in English.stackexchange.com, and they have a description of the term. Uh, 1818 is the first known use of it in a, in a book, and I won't bore you with the rest of that. But it is a tough row. But you bored us with that part. Yeah. Of it, so thank you. Tough, tough, tough row. I ruined everything. Yeah. Now using the N word earlier. Oh, yeah. nobody cares about. Now that. farmers, black people, <laughs> and Jews are pissed at us. Well, uh, tough road to hoe sounds like it would be a really good premise for a movie. Just like precious, the, but the, like she just the tough she's road trying to hoe. Yeah, like she really wants to hoe, academy. but she's in like a nice neighborhood. <laughs> you know, it's like she's in the suburbs and it's like it's such a tough that road to hoe <laughs> she's just in a cul-de-sac just like <laughs> leaning on a street lamp just like mom I'm trying to live my dream just let me breathe no one's gonna pay for you precious <laughs> not this neighborhood I look up sayings all the time because I was mixing like that the spitting image has been people use it different ways the split and image the spitting image most people say the spitting image. And, yeah, the, and the spit and image. It's. I think uh, spitting uh, image is the the nat- national colloquialism. Spitting image. Yeah, I think. That, Why are instead you spitting of spitting image? Yeah, it's instead of the splitting image. There's but, some weird ones like that. Like I, I heard. I think. I, I think it was a comic that says something like, "Why do they say head over heels? My head is always over my heels," or something like that. And I was like, "That's true. Why do we say head over heels? That makes no sense." Like, if it was heels over head, it'd be it's like... Sexual. At least it's a little... Is that what it is? Well, if you say heels over head, what position are you 69, in? 69, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of, one of you is head over heels. The other one is heels over head. Uh, yeah, there you go. Actually, you're both kind of horizontal. Unless you're doing it against the wall, which I, I want to see the video. Well, oh, I don't want to get into that. There's ways. Anyways. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I say that, and Danny will very... Danny will paint you a picture. <laughs> I don't. I don't paint. Yeah. <laughs> charcoal. It's not a, he's, he's not a painter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, uh, let's um, let's take a, a short break real quick. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm JT Foreman. I'm here with uh, Danny Minch, Blake Hayden, and Gary Burrow Francisco. We are the Bitter Comics, and we'll talk to you in just a minute. That's what you do when you're tired. You go back to sleep. Uh, this is JT Foreman. We're the Bitter Comics, and we're back. All right. Uh, Damage, Blake Hayden, Gabriel Francisco. Yes. My fellow Bitter Comics, welcome. Uh, okay, so, uh, last episode, uh, Gabriel, I, I was, uh, talking a lot of shit about how horrible you are. Fuck you, Joel. Your, your, <laughs> your shitty impersonations, like the... <laughs> Fuck you, Joel! And, uh, the, the horrible impersonation that Danny Mitch is doing of you right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm being me. <laughs> oh, okay. so you're, if you're gonna let Gabriel roast, you know you gotta let Danny roast. <laughs> yeah, so Danny just hates me. <laughs> um, well, I, I let you listen to uh, uh, the the section of the podcast where, where I was uh, discussing your your uh, routine. I want to give you an opportunity to tell me what an asshole I am, so go for it. Not at all. I think it was constructive criticism. I, I'd see your point of view, where you're coming from. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't even use the word disagree. I just think that... How much look, did he pay you? We're looking, I just think that we're looking at it from different perspectives. Especially this particular joke that you had the, the biggest issue with was the Adam Sandler method. Yeah. I, have a, I have a problem with that, too. Yeah. Do you want to speak for him? Are you, my, are you Luther, my anger interpreter or whatever? The, no, 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 I, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say is that to me it's about um, these these actors These are practically like they're caricatures in, in a, an impersonation. And they perfectly personify um, emotions. So like I, you can just very easily associate Adam Sandler with like anger and nervousness. And Matthew McConaughey is like this cool guy. So the joke, I mean, for me is just like you feel like 
you're one of those people when yeah. they're like they're a personification of an emotion. Well, and so to put it to actually just lay it out, which a lot of jokes is just yeah. like observational. It's technically in a weird way, it's an observational um, impressionist joke. Well, what I feel about that joke is that he's talking about talking to girls at a party. Yes, and I'm. It's not even talking about two girls at a party to me. That's the situation he put himself in, where you feel uncomfortable, and then you slip into the Adam Sandler. Now, Adam Sandler just represents that part of your psyche where you're you're weird about yourself. You don't know what to say, and you're Something feeling. Certainly can and then, it. if you do well. In the conversation, then you go into the Matthew McConaughey. You start getting confident, and I feel like, and that's the part that I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> probably where, where the. I think I think with comedy, like uh, a really good way to think of a joke is, you know, it's funny if if the audience kind of in the back of their mind goes, "Yeah, I guess so." You know, like yeah, like I mean that does that's a good. Okay, I know what he's talking about. So when he does Adam Sandler, it's funny because Adam Sandler just kind of, it sounds like he's talking to himself. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, in the, in the audience's mind, they're like, yeah, I guess so. I guess I do do that. And then they, he talks about Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right. You know, just super into, like, he's just really big into confidence. And it's, once again, it's kind of like, I guess so. You know, I, I do sound like that. Wow. So it's this... this um, you need similarity. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the duality that you have inside you. Yeah. When you're doing poorly, you shut down. That's Adam Sandler. When you're doing well, or you feel you're doing well, you become the sex god, Matthew McConaughey. So it's the duality that all of us have inside of us. It's that, that part of the psyche where we break from one point and become this person, and we break from this point and mm-hmm. become this point. It's the, the super id and the id. Yeah. So if you look at it in that perspective and you really analyze it, you can see where he was going with the joke. Now, if you just hear Adam Sandler and Matthew McConaughey and you don't put it into the context, yeah. then you're not gonna you're not gonna pick up well, on those just clues. Have an impression. Yeah. Well, see, I'm hey guys, like, this is Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah which is a lot of <laughs> some doing impression, an impression do. just to do an impression. Yeah, well, I'm, have, I'm have and a, see, I don't understand the the Adam Sandler part. You don't understand the Matthew McConaughey <laughs> part. But <laughs> I've got a ridiculously high opinion of myself (laughs) and a lot of people a lot of people have issue with that because they don't think i'm as they don't think i'm as good as i think i am but i don't care what they think because it's my opinion and here's the thing if you don't think that about me that's fine because i have to live with me and i think i'm the greatest person in the world (laughs) that i know you're kind of wonderful yeah but i mean to me i mean that's the way i approach everything there's nothing I can't do. There's not a girl I can't talk to or get in bed. That's when I talk to a girl, I don't think I'm going to strike out. I'm thinking I'm going to have sex with this person or I could absolutely have sex with it's this person. It's the best mindset. I, I was going to say, whether or not that's true, the, uh, that, the mentality, I, the mindset, and, yeah, is what you... Right, and I know f- for most part it's it's untrue, but I go into a situation... Like this well, is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, I no, know it's there. untrue. Is that anyways? Well, you, well, what I to, okay, go. And it's worked pretty well. <laughs> that specific Matt and I were talking about uh, the the different kinds of personality it takes to be a good comedian and to be a good promoter of comedy shows. And you managed to to do both well. Um, it's a business kind of thing too. And uh, the that 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 confidence is the biggest part of. Convincing people to support you when you're going to put on a comedy show. The the couple of places where I did shows at one the the coffee lounge they came to me they were really into it and then I I ended up moving to Denny's because the coffee shop closed down and you know like I was saying before I had to fight with them to get them to come in to take people's orders. I think you would have been much more successful successful at getting the manager to support the show and getting them to uh, to put a little bit more effort into helping me make it success make the show successful you know you might have even been able to talk them into putting a poster up in the restaurant when i whereas i could not there's a specific and, pers- and that i think that confidence that you have is the biggest part as everyone sees oh i know i can do it everyone sees that in you as well he he's absolutely certain he can do it so i guess he can and so they're they want to jump on that. By the way, there's a huge announcement happening Wednesday at uh, Zenwalk, hopefully. Um, and hopefully the confidence that I have will we'll get to push this project through and it'll be a huge boon for everybody in comedy 
in the Central Valley. So I hope. So you guys... I have to post this on Wednesday instead of Thursday, yep. so that the message will go out in time. <laughs> I'm I'm just hoping that that everybody congeals with this and yeah. uh, we we get something really uh, special going. And I've got a yeah. very amazing opportunity for for yeah. comedy yeah. in the Central Valley. I, I'd agree. I mean, I think you're a really big hustler. You know what I mean? It's like if you, if if it's I'm gonna a be hustler, a hustler, hustler is a negative. You, you and, and, no, 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 hustler, hustles, man. Chris Cruz, you guys work shows. really hard at putting those shows together, like in a positive it, way. Uh, irrelevant of, or not irrelevant, but. Aside from the fact of how good or bad a comedian you are, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that's that's not what this is a, this is about. This is you guys work really hard at those shows, and you are, are you and and you've been doing it for years. Right. I, I'm like I, I was at your the open mics you had at Heroes and all these other places, and they were hit and miss. And yeah, they, yeah. they were hit and miss. You didn't really have any support from the owner of, of the place. Uh, you would have one week where 30, 40 people would show up, and then the next week. You know, half of the comics weren't even there. Yeah. And, and and you've, after all of this time, you've now finally gotten to a location that is supportive of you. And a couple of them. A couple of them, yeah. And you ha- you personally have a following, not for your comedy, but for your shows. You, you have a following for your comedy also, but you have a following for the shows you put on. Oh, Danny Minch is putting this on. He always puts on a good show. Yeah, we'll go to this. Yeah. And uh, Chris Cruz is developing that, and and Aaron Stewart's developed that, and and, and it's a formula, and, and it's and, a, and, and it's a formula that each individual has to find out that works for them. Promoting a show has a lot less to do with hustle than it has to do with a formula that I created, because up until two years ago, you need to write a book. Yeah, the formula that I was using wasn't working. And then all of a sudden, I started trying different avenues, and I started going different ways. I was using flyers. I was yeah, using they Facebook. They don't work. They don't work. And I was, I was uh, doing uh, mass uh, cell phone texts. Yeah, they uh, don't work. I don't do – the only thing I use Facebook for is to get the invite up. Yeah. And then um, if you see a bunch of people that are invited on my Facebook, it's because somebody else is on the show and they're inviting their friends. Yeah. It's not because I'm invited. I invite like ten to fifteen people to get the 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 invite to look like it's a legitimate invite, and then I send it out to different uh, things that I know are going to work. And then they put that up. They have that link out, yeah. but they a lot of the places require, hey, what's your give us a Facebook link. So those avenues I use, and then I kind of sit back and just go, okay, I hope that works. And then so far it's been it's been pretty successful. Yeah. And the more you have the show out there in different yeah uh, spots on the internet yeah, and there, whatnot, there's no there's no one thing to do. No one. You thing. have to do a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. And and hope you get a couple of hits on each one. Yeah, and then you you lay it out so that it's super simple. Some of the sites I put it up on give me a a shot to do it once a week. Like okay, this repeats every week, so I put it on there and I don't have to mess with it for a year. And then I put it on the other one, it repeats, I don't have to mess with it for a year. And then I don't even think about it. And then if you notice that a lot of my open mics, I ask people, where did you find out about the show? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, from the Fresno Bee or from this one. Or, or I just Googled it. Which means that I've put it on enough spots that when you Google something on Thursday night, it's one of the ones that goes to the yeah. top of the list. Mm-hmm. And that it, and it's a secret because a lot of people don't use Facebook. They don't use Instagram. They don't use uh, um, they don't Twitter. Their parents know what they're doing. Yeah, that, it, it, it's just some people just don't use it. And the, the only thing they know about on getting on a computer now is I'm going to Google it and what pops up. Well, see, Mama's Back Door is probably one of my favorite open mics right now. I think that like it's the the people that go out there is just so consistent. I mean, I've like I mean, there's been a couple nights, granted, where like it's half a room, but. 99% of the time it's just like you get this full audience uh, they're not just sitting there you know just for the comedy they're there for food so the restaurant's happy they're there to you know they pay attention so the comics are happy and they pay which makes you yeah. happy it's well, literally it's a win 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 you know like I mean, everybody's a winner in that situation yeah. it's a really good system that you have I agree with that I feel the same way about the Zen Walk right now though too the Waka Waka one that first Wednesday well that doesn't have its legs under it yet too. I don't know but I see the potential you, you get 70 people at the first show I, like yeah. I told the guy do not expect yeah. next week well, that's going to be anything people, but just the well, fact I, that we I have dim lights I was happy at my first show and the room was full. Every chair had a person in it. 
and that didn't sustain it. No, and, and the, the thing is, I no, told it, it, oh. uh, well, the first show was at the coffee lounge. That they this since went out of business, but yeah, the first show always does. Well, well I told that to Mother Mary's too. I'm going to do this weekly show. The first few, the first few months is going to be terrible. Yeah, and it's going to, but it'll build and it'll get legs underneath it. First show was amazing. Second show was really good. In the, I think we've been doing it six, seven months now. We've only had three really bad shows. Yeah, oh, that was, main room. I, was at, yeah. I do remember that the that third main room just fills. I just booked up. a show. I just booked a show for the main room on the seventh, which I never do. I always do it at the end of the month, but this time we did it at the beginning of the month because the comedians coming through there. Today, somebody walked in about thirty tickets. Cool. I mean, Jeez. because they know that's where to go. Yeah. And they they were actually I would have actually probably made more money if I wouldn't have booked a comedian that night. Because they were looking they knew that was a place to do comedy, that's a place with good food. They came in to book a party with a stand up comedian. I'm the house stand up comedian. Yeah. I would have got that gig. Mm-hmm. So I would have got all of that money for me if I wouldn't have booked another comedian. But hey, business is business. They're gonna get an amazing comedian that night. Yeah. And he's already paid for. So I've got that? sponsors. Yes, that's funny. Yeah, was and, it Singh? and he sold he, I, he sold thirty tickets basically because we do comedy. Uh, what's his name? Amir Singh. Uh, Kabir. Kabir. Kabir Singh. Kabir Singh. Yeah, I, funny, I made funny, more. Funny I made more money renting my PA system than doing stand up right. comedy. And that's <laughs> yeah. that's the way I was the first four years yeah. of promoting. Yeah. I would lose more money than I make. Yeah. Now I'm making trickle amount of money, but I'm also getting sponsors and that kind of stuff. But yeah. here's the thing. The Jen is actually the one that runs the company. She's the one that does the flyers. She's the one that does the booking. She's the one that puts all the stuff together. So everything's in... All the money is put in her name and goes to her. So I I make very, very little off the comedy shows. Now, yeah. Jen makes a decent amount. <laughs> Mr. IRS. Just to let you know, money's going to Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Tax man, Jen Felix, <laughs> aka Anna, never mind. Anastasia, Beer. Anastasia, Beferhausen. Um, Beferhausen. The the one thing, the <laughs> thing I'm most proud of in the Valley so far is the show that I did out at Apcal, because we had two weeks to promote, and I was headlining. So there was no big name headliner, and just on the the stuff that I had built up, 600 people showed up. Wow. So that's my feather in my cap. And then they booked me for another two dates this year, and we'll have over a thousand people because I have longer to promote. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a, 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 but I'm not headlining. Yeah. So that's why we'll have over a thousand. Let's get back to the uh, impersonation thing. Okay. Um, I'll be honest with you, part of my problem with it is my. Less than the greatest amount of respect for impersonations in general, probably because I can't do any. <laughs> uh, I, and I've tried, and I, I am, I'm horrible at it. I would love to be able to you do know, impersonations. I think a lot of people can. Uh, do I'm, them. I'm, I'm just kind of jealous of your ability to jump into these characters so easily, so seemingly so. Easy. Now I realize it takes a lot of work. You practice for hours and, and all that. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to get these down. But when we're watching you do it. You you seem to jump from one character to the next so easily. I'm I'm a little I'm a, okay. I'm a lot jealous. I really am. <laughs> That's the whole point that you wanted to even. Yeah. I mean, Louis C.K. does that. He knows everything he's doing, every move in and out, verbatim, yes. memorized, and yeah. he makes it look like he's just talking to you. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you know, I try to do the same thing with my with my material, but I've never been able to do impersonations as a, I I haven't put I probably haven't put as much effort into it as I really need to if that's what I'm going to do for my act. But I would I really do wish I could do I could do some better. I, I the 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 lame joke I end up making about it is uh I'm horrible at impersonations. Uh, I have a hard time convincing people I'm me. When I show up at <laughs> the bank they ask for ID. So. my favorite impersonation <laughs> non-impersonation yeah. joke is Nate Fallen where he goes uh guys, do you like impressions? And then they get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he goes, okay, I've been working on this for about three months. Uh, it's Chewbacca from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And then he gets off stage, and then he walks up to the mic. And he goes, okay, it's just the walk for right now. Because <laughs> the voice is really hard to do. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Nick Sapaglia always likes to go up after me and he goes, you guys like impressions? We're like, yeah. yeah and he goes, like, well, fuck that. I tell jokes. I don't do impressions. That's his big joke that he loves to do after me. Yeah. Anyone, I think a lot of people can do impressions. What it is, you have to find the impressions that are set in your voice. Well, here's, here's my impression of Danny Mitch. Seems like a nice guy. <laughs> it's just me laughing. You guys aren't laughing with me. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy. Seems like a nice guy. That's right. I think the best impression is I'm jealous of that that, that skill that you have. I, um, I, how do you feel about Frank Kelly? That's now? the only thing you're jealous of him about. Well, he's sexy as shit. Yeah, <laughs> and he's in a rock band. He's, he's a li- rock band. He's the front man he's, for a rock he's band. Twenty years younger than me. There's yeah. a lot. Okay, there's a lot of things. His legs bigger than your dick. Don't ask me how I know that. Okay, <laughs> I, I brought you here because I had this magical voodoo thing. <laughs> I want to show you fucking swap souls in the body. You realize so, Blake has all these same things going. Here's the for thing: him. your soul wouldn't fit in his body. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would be like like it's, biscuits coming. Yeah, like, your soul yeah, biscuits like, just, just popping out, out of his body. <laughs> Complimented you. Said so you got a big soul, man. Well, you yeah, have so a big soul. A lot of soul. Hey, hey, hey! You know that Joe Foreman man? He got a lot of soul. soul. He got, he got a lot of soul, baby. <laughs> I'll never hire him as a writer. <laughs> Why are you now like a jazz singer? I tell you a lot of soul. I tell you what, he's just coming out. He yes, killing sir. Audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Foreman, nah, come up. Got a lot of soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just like popped into a jazz singer. I'm like, all right, man, that's cool. I remember when I popped into a jazz singer. Oh, God! <laughs> it didn't sound anything like that. She went, what are She? Whoa! <laughs> Sorry, he or, went, I, I went and tell you, his arm was strong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about someone like Frank Caliendo? Um, is he annoying to you, or is he? You, t- t- you raise your hand. Yeah. And you? Uh, Frank Caliendo is annoying to me yeah. because he doesn't do actual comedy. For the most part, he just puts that character in a funny situation and talks about the funny situation that yeah. that character's doing, and that's not yeah. a joke. That's just uh, okay. I'm making a movie with this character, and this is what that movie would sound like. That's not writing a joke. That's just putting people in situations. Well, but he, it's what, he, he he's very that. talented. He, now, technically, it, though, he's writing for that character. Like if he puts, if he puts Billy Crystal see at a in a terrorist like attack, is he's writing for Billy Crystal as in that in that play? I think it's, it's a specific thing. I think stand up comedy is it's art, man. Like it doesn't mean that he's bad it just, it just means that it's just you know you can you can say that it's not your style you know what I mean you can never say he's a bad comic because that's like looking at yeah. a paint and saying thing, that is a bad painting but you know using I mean? that same analogy if you see dogs playing pool next to a Michelangelo which one do you think but is there better? Are, but there are a lot of people that would prefer the dogs it's I just, don't think so I think I if think people so. saw it they, I think so I think people's are most people and, and here's the thing: the the one percent that might like might like dogs playing pool might just say it because they don't want to give credit to how beautiful this painting is. But if you yeah. see a, a, if you art is subjective to a point because you have seen comedians and you're very nice about how you talk to comedians and stuff. I'm a little bit more straightforward, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm also a lot older than you, mm-hmm. and and I've gone through a lot more, but. Dogs playing pool towards a, a Da Vinci, there's there's no comparison. Yeah. There's no compare. It's still all art. I'm, don't get me wrong, but there's one end of the spectrum of art, and there's another end of the spectrum of art. Well, That's why you can go down to the store and buy dogs playing pool for nineteen ninety five, and you can't fucking touch a Michelangelo. But the thing is, but that's also time. An an impressionist, I think that's also an impressionist is practicing a a secondary art form at the same time. If you're up there as purely profession uh, impressionist or as a comedian or both, I mean, he's primarily an impressionist and a stand-up comedian second. And so, writing wise, and see, I don't have a problem with that. Him as an art, his art form is impressionist. That's the way I feel, and that's the same way I feel about somebody with a puppet. I feel like they're a ventriloquist first. Yeah. And not, not a comedian. Yeah. And it's a different form. Okay. And, and you can say yeah. that's all part of the art form. 
here's another thing I think. Like Jeff Dunham? Yeah. I, I don't Jeff think Dunham ever stand be up. able to get away with doing all of that racist I, shit and, and if he didn't have puppets in his hand. It's crazy to think that, like, he's saying all this racist shit. Like, well, he's he is. saying it. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, he's saying it. And that's the way to but get he's, away with But I don't mind him as a ventriloquist. But yeah, when people mm-hmm. say he's a stand-up comedian, no, I'm like, he's no, he's no. in a whole different genre than yeah. we are. Yeah. And kudos for him for getting to be the top of where he's at. Yeah. Him and Jim Henson. God rest his soul. Yeah. Congratulations. You guys got to the pinnacle of doing that. They're great at doing what they do. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's not the yeah. same art well, form. Jim Henson's not a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Well, I, I you mean, know, the, the little the little cup with the streams of chocolate in it and the wooden spoon and Haagen-Dazs are still both called ice cream. That's true. Mm-hmm. And they're nothing like each other. Right. There's always one end of a spectrum to another. I, and most people are going to agree. two episodes in a row I've used that analogy. Is I'm going to see if I can keep that analogy. <laughs> what I wanted to say, though, is that I, like I, have, I have a lot of respect okay. for Frank Caliendo as an impressionist, but I never, ever, ever wanted to be Frank Caliendo. Yeah. And I, I, I was telling Danny, I was like, I, right now I have 10 minutes of just impressions, and I don't like that. And he was like, why? I was like, because I want to But he has jokes. jokes. That's the problem. Yeah. Jokes with jokes yeah. in there. Jim Carrey don't rely on talked about a, a, that same thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he was all these funny faces and, and everything. And one day, he, you know, he said, okay, he showed up at Commodore and said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do all that stuff anymore in my stand-up. I'm going to just do... And he sucked for a while and then got good at it. You know, so what what do you want to do? See, but, but Gabriel's you know, got something that, that not be- every comedian can do. Why would you drop a tool that you have? Well, and, and first off, it, it's a comfort zone. When you yeah. first start doing comedy and you're in a spot where it's working. Yeah. How many how many stand-up comedians at their first open mic did really well? Not a lot. I most. was I most. No. No. The first the very first time uh, I've seen people do stand-up comedy, most of the time they do well. Yeah, mm. I did really well the second, first time, but horrible. then I did third, shitty. Yeah. Yeah, the right. second and third end up being horrible. I did that. But there's something about the first time a person performs that usually usually they do well. It's I think it's like they're so excited that they've never gotten to do this. Again, there's luck. The audience, <laughs> no, the, the audience feels that excitement. Yeah. And if you tell them it's their first time, the audience is more sympathetic. Yeah, oh, more absolutely. Sympathetic. Yeah. Sure and know. I always make sure I do that. Yes. When it, but... He still says it. He says it's my first time half the time when I go up now. Yeah, just just get the sympathy going, and uh, I say he's mentally retarded. I couldn't get laid in the monkey whorehouse. He's mentally retarded, and he's quarter Jewish, and uh, quarter Jewish. (laughs) Just imagine that. But using the artistic analogy again, when when you're starting out comedy, what you want to do is, um, and I'm not saying look at a, a comedian and steal their stuff, but the greats. That in in painting, like uh, Da Vinci and those kind of guys, they would paint a Michelangelo, and you'll you'll see artists now. They'll go into the museums and they'll mm-hmm. paint that exact thing. So they get the idea, the the color, the shading. Uh, Pablo Picasso, if you see his beginning works, they were very structured and like yeah. like okay. He so he went through the structure of art school. Yeah, and then he found his own style and took it a whole nother direction with yeah. cubism, created a whole new art form, and that's what like when I suggest young comedians read the book of the comedy bible, uh, you get Judy Judy, Judy, Judy Carter. Carter, you uh you get the idea from the greats because they've taken all this time to put down for the young comedians. Hey, this is how we yeah. started out, and this is how we did it. This is this is your. Da Vinci. What, what comedian was your Da Vinci? Um, my favorite comedian when I was growing up was Steve Martin. Mm. Um, Steve Martin's got a completely different because he he goes out and he does like a lot of different like you know he. Well, here's the thing. Then I got into uh, yeah. one-liner comedians like uh, Mitch Hedberg oh, and um, uh, Wright. But and I used to do my comedy when I would do my one-lines. I would do them very deadpan because that's the way they would do them. But it wasn't me. I was more the Steve Martin-esque kind of guy where I'd, I'm not in his voice and, and doing the weird little things he does, but I'm more of an animated person. Yeah. In the last few years, I've decided, screw that. I'm going to be me on stage with my comedy because this is the comedy I love to write, but I'm also not a deadpan comic. I can't do it. I think and it doesn't come across. No matter what you have uh, influences, like even music, 
It's like, what what band do we like? We oh well, we like this band. So as you continue going, well, I also like this band. Ah, oh, but you know, I feel like we're just we're leaning too much here. So then you get this this blend. You get yeah. this smoothie of other artists. Yeah. So. <laughs> and what's like, people like smoothies? And what's great smoothies about great. working with other comedians is they get to know your style too. So when yeah. a joke that you're doing resonates and there's something missing they can come up to you afterwards yeah. whether you take it or don't take it that's one of my favorite things the, to be able to do and it, it it has at times annoyed other comics but often i'll be watching a set and i'll think you know what this would be a great punchline for that i love or, this would be a great me. new tag mm-hmm. for that and i'll go up to them after the show and say hey try this I, the well, rory scoble was talking about that the the one uh, you came off stage the other day <laughs> At Grog's, mm-hmm. and, and I came up to you, and, and do you remember yeah. what that joke was? It was, uh, I believe it was, let's see, I think, was it about the Delilah, where I was talking about Delilah on the radio? Delilah and Loveline? I remember. I remember it was, hey there, Delilah. It was something that, like, I had just said, because, like, yeah. a lot at Grog's, I, I kind of just... Yeah, well, I, I, one specific, one time that, when that, someone did that for me, I had done my joke about, uh... When I was in the Navy and some guy asked me what, to give him a reason why he shouldn't fuck me in the ear. And I told him he uh, his penis was too small. Two weeks later, he goes to medical, thought he had herpes. Turns out he just picked up my ear infection. I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but someone said, hey, you know, you should say at least he didn't get hearing aids. <laughs> and he's and used it ever since. And it kills. Since and it kills every time. Yeah. One of my favorite so. things you came up and told me after a show was uh, we were doing the Mama's Back Door. Yeah. And I had done a joke. And here's the thing: he wasn't talking about how what I should do. He, he talked to me about what I did do, and the reaction I had on stage. He knew from the rea- reaction I got on stage. It was a joke I had done several times before. Yeah. That I. Did not mean to do the joke that way, and it destroyed. And I've been doing the joke ever since. You remember that joke? I, I remember that situation, but I do not remember what the it joke was. was. Uh, it was uh, the gay football team getting penalized, penalized instead of yes. penalized. Yeah, you and I always it. said penalized yeah, before. You and that night, I said penalized, and then I was overwhelmed <laughs> because everybody busted up laughing. And ever since, every time I said penalized in the joke. Yeah. It made just that one yeah. accent mark. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, oh, I like how you pronounced it, penalized instead of penalized. And then you like, said, "But oh, you did." Yeah, yeah. You you said, "But you didn't you mean didn't to do, do that." You didn't do that on purpose. And I was like, "No, I didn't." Because <laughs> no, you could see the look in my face when they started laughing. Like, oh yeah. wait, oh yeah. And then it was yeah. like, "Well, uh, uh, Rory Scovel was talking about when comics come up with suggestions. He was in an interview, and somebody was like, you know, pretty much, what do you think about that? You know, do do you get mad?" And he was saying something pretty much like. You know, like, why would you get mad? Like, I mean, they they have the intentions. Yeah. You, each comic. Yeah, why would you get mad when someone's trying to help you? Exactly. When you have good comics around you, it makes you better. Yeah. So yeah, if that's... if if you're building each other for some reason, uh, you know, it's, there's the comics that are out there. They're like, you know, it's me versus them. Yeah. No, it's a I, pyramid. I don't, I don't it's, consider it's... any of the comics in town to be my competition. No, we we all have our own styles. That's why we were talking about getting together and doing each other's bits because it'd be so oh, funny. That was so much fun. That was my idea, by the way. I told them. Oh, okay, I told yeah. them it was your idea. And I said I wanted. Yeah. I want to do a, a show where we have all the comics' names on the wheel, and then whenever yeah. comic gets up, hits the wheel, and then whoever it lands on, they have to do their set. Yeah, but I, I, I said like just <laughs> just. How well do you know? No, yeah, first you have to know the other comics. Yeah. But I think it's so great because we all have our own styles, and like, who who are we competing against? Yeah. You know, well, I feel like me and me and Joel are completely different. Myself. Me and Gabriel completely different. Me and Danny we're completely different. We have completely different styles. Yeah. We're not up against each other. I'm competing against myself, and I'm fighting against my own insecurity. That's what I, that's that's who my competition is. Well, beat on him then. <laughs> he does, <laughs> especially now. He's just like. <laughs> Here's how, a, how did you know that's what I call it? Uh, I mean, everyone has a nickname. Uh, I, 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 I him. insecurity. How you doing? Um, here's here's my thing. This is your mom watches this. <laughs> here's the thing. This is what I how I approach most of the comedians <laughs> that I have something to tell them. Hey, I've got something to tell you. Whether you take it or you don't want it, just let me know right now if you don't want me to say anything. But I have something that, yeah. and 99% of the time they'll go, yeah, let me hear it. And I was like, 
by all means, you can think it's the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. But here's what I think. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I did that um, in Tulare with Jeremiah Nation because uh, he, 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 he want, wanted feedback on his shows down there. So I was like, look, I've been doing shows a long time. I've, uh, if you want the stuff, but you can tell me to go blow it up my ass, you know, right now if you want to. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you want the information I have, it's all yours. Yeah. And if whatever you use, if you only use one thing, you don't use any of it. It's it's there for your taking. It's here's my toolbox. Here's the instructions on how to work on the car. Do do what you can with it. I'm going to give you as much as I possibly That's can. That's one thing that I love about Jeremiah Nation is that that guy wants to grow. Man. Yeah, he does. You if you He's ever a sponge. offer Yeah. No, really. Really. I mean, you, you hey man, like here's something you can work on and next time you see him He's perfected what you just told him. Oh, I thought that it was a fat joke. Oh, no, no, no. no. The the (laughs) guy wants to grow. The thing I love about Jeremiah Nation is his wife is just fucking hot. (laughs) She's she's adorable. She's the the, the nice brunette. Yeah, thin. Just like you get spinner. Just a spinner. Jeremiah, it's Danny. I'm talking about having (laughs) Jeremiah Nation. I'm talking about having sex with your wife. Danny's gonna fuck your wife. Yeah, I'm not gonna fuck your wife just, while you're still alive. I, <laughs> I'm just saying if something happens. I was I, I saw you're, Jeremiah's penis last Sunday too. Uh, okay, well, we're gonna have to stop and talk about this Jeremiah's for a little while. Penis. Wait, how did you see Jeremiah? Oh, you he, walked to the bathroom. He whipped it out. Oh, no, I was. Was it nice? I was sitting in the car. He didn't know I was there. It was awful. I didn't know what to do. But by the time it was already out, I was like, "Do I let him know?" If he listens, he'll find out. Uh, I was sitting in the car, and uh, he went out back to pee, and I was oh. like, "Oh shit, what is he?" What? Was, hey, and I waved, but he didn't see me, and he was like, "All right," and I was like, "No, no!" Ah! I imagine Gabriel I like a mother, like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Then the flow started, and I was like, "No, dude, no, 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 stop it, stop, stop, put that away, put it away." I go inside like, and you do that inside. And I was like, son. do I tell him next Sunday that yes, I was in the car? Yes, you don't tell him next Sunday. You wait until you're on the podcast that's on the internet. Everyone <laughs> can hear. Yes. And then or you, you wait until you're on the mic. Well, they're not going to see then... his penis by my story. No, that's true. We should have we should have found a way to get pictures on. You know? Oh, could you do like a snapshot for the episode and then we'll, just, <laughs> we'll take a picture of his penis? And... <laughs> we're going uh, to take a break again real quick because i got to go potty. Uh, this is JT Foreman. I'm here with Danny Mitch, Blake Hayden, and Gabriel Francisco. Gabriel Francisco. <laughs> we are the Bitter Comics, and I'll be right back. What is your shirt? <laughs> so, <laughs> this is JT Foreman. We are the Bitter Comics. I am here with Danny Mitch, Gabriel Zoom. Francisco, and Blake Hayden. Hola. We are back. And uh, let's see. Uh, Gabriel talked about uh, his uh, Brian... Uh, what the hell is his name? Brian Poussain? Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson impersonation. <laughs> Do you want to tell the story again? I'll tell the story. We're redoing it. <laughs> so, uh, apparently everyone got pissed off because he did... Uh, it, it, yeah, go ahead. Stepping on his I do a Brian Johnson impression, and I went to a karaoke bar with some friends, and we, uh, I, I sang "You Shook Me All Night Long" as Brian Johnson, just messing around, and everybody in the bar was like, "Oh my God, he sound, you sound just like well, him." Let's hear it. You could, well, I'll do it. Yeah, let me tell the story though. They're like, you could, <laughs> come on, boy. Well, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you they know. were like, "You could replace him if he died," and I was like, "Oh, that's so funny. Thank you." And I went up and I sang another song. And they were so and just normally, and they were yeah. they got pissed off because they thought like I lied to them, and I was like, no, I was fucking around because like five minutes ago I was like, and you are shaking and you shook me all night long. What? How stupid are these people? <laughs> <laughs> that they hear, they, they come up to you shit. and say, oh, you were great. You talk to them in your normal voice, thank you very much. And they think that that's your actual singing but, voice. And here's another, how <laughs> stupid are these people to say he can replace that guy after he died? Because that guy already replaced the first lead singer yeah. after he died. <laughs> after he hung singer, himself. Singer of ACDC is like the drummer of Spinal Tap. They have yeah. every six months. No, they do no, no, there's only been two. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Menudo. Singer basically DC hung himself. Yeah, was drugs. No, no, no. He threw, took on his own vomit. Yeah, Bon Scott. Bon Scott. <laughs> All right. I wanted to use uh, that oh, impression in a joke, but I'm, I don't want to do the thing that you dislike. Right. I'm just like, you guys like Brian Johnson? <laughs> 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 um, to, to certainly don't pick your your act based on whether I like it. or not. That's what I do every time yeah. I write uh, a joke. Like, what does Joel like? What does Foreman think about this? 
And then after George, I go to JT. I'm going to put this on Twitter anonymously first and make sure he's tagged in it so yeah. he'll take a look at it. And if he I likes it. i about this shit that someone sent to him, and I know yeah. I don't want to do that. If he know. likes it, then I will use it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I've always thought that comedy should be reviewed with your back to the performance. If you're just reviewing it as a comedy performance, you should review it with your back to the performance. You're watching the audience. If they laugh, then it succeeded, and if, it does, if they don't laugh, then it failed. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. It just means that that's the wrong audience for it. Because, you know, there, there are people out there that just aren't going to like Richard Pryor, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more that's than true. just... You know, it... it Music has this advantage over comedy in that they've got all these different genres. If you want to go out and listen to music, you don't just go and then, oh, well, let's see what's playing tonight. You, yeah. If you want to hear rock, you go to a rock place. You want to hear jazz, you go to a jazz place. But there's no no breakdown of that like stand-up comedy. So it's like you go to a comedy show and, well, what, what kind of comedian am I going to see? Like, yeah. the, only, only, there's, the only real differential is pretty much race. In yeah. comedy, yeah, that's the only. Thing There's the only differential. Yeah, okay, it's a, a deaf com, deaf yeah. jam yeah, comedy, comedy. Yeah. and then it's the you know it's the Mexican comedy jam. Or I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so that's the only differential. But if you go to a comedy club, you're gonna get a black comedian, a Mexican comedian, yeah. an Indian comedian, and a white comedian. Yeah. So you never know who you're gonna get. And they're not. You might see a black comedian who is nothing like deaf comedy jam. Right. And you might see a white comedian that no, you won't see a white comedian that's deaf comedy jam because he'll he'll get his ass kicked. Yeah, he'll, he will. Uh, Darren Carter, Kevin Tingey did a set that he showed Blake and I that was he's like I wrote this or I did this set just for this audience because yeah, I, I started yeah. out in all black clubs yeah. with a, a, a um, feather to white. Yeah. yeah, and he would book me I think just to watch me die a thousand deaths in front of the crowd. Because it's so hard, it's yeah. it's a whole different style of comedy. Yeah. And I tell you what, I I took the I took the punches and then I started bobbing and weaving. and I started figuring out what it was. We well, you know the the best reaction I ever got from my material about growing up in Clovis and how racist they all are. You you know that that yeah. was uh, the crowd was almost all black, and everyone had always said don't ever do that in front of a black crowd because they'll 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 kick your ass because you're being racist no actually the whole thing is about anti-racism anti-racism and look at this stupid shit that these white it's people kind of the with. opposite too you have to have at least one black person in the room because if it's all white people and you do a racist joke it's like oh oh my god well this we, last guys that's sensitive. Think this is the meeting this isn't the meeting the meeting is next thursday be well, sensitive guys. oddly enough this thursday it was an all-white crowd pretty much and they didn't see the black comedian that was in the back so yeah. every time i was telling black jokes they yeah. were roaring. Yeah. Then the black comedian gets up, and then he yeah. gets up, and then that. I uh, I get back up and start doing black jokes again, and everybody got quiet, and so I put both my fingers up in the air and got off the mic and screamed "fuck you" at the audience about what five times? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so when you didn't know the black guy was here, you were laughing and laughing, and now you know the black guy said, "Ooh, we don't laugh at that." <laughs> And uh, I just and that then they then they loosened up and they yeah. started laughing, yeah. but uh, I I was I was giving it to them, <laughs> but and, and it's it's funny how that most of the time if you do racial jokes and that race isn't in there they won't laugh. Yeah, yeah. That for the most part, yeah. I mean, it seems like that race has to be there in order for you to comment on them at all. Whether you're complimenting them or insulting yeah. them, mm-hmm. except for Asians, they seem like yeah. free game. Well, I don't yeah. know why. Well, people are like, yeah. Asian Americans and Hispanic Americans, they don't get the respect that African Americans do, and it's 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 this weird thing where it's like there was this black and white struggle forever, and then now they're on this equal playing field, and everyone else is beneath them as far as rules go. Anything else can go for you. Can say anything about Hispanic people or Asian people or Indian people or Armenian I wouldn't say. Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I, wouldn't say I, I really, I I really love the the joke that Chris Cruz does about the, it, it the words you can right. say that will really ruin their day. Yeah. You know, you say uh, uh, if you call uh, a black person the N word, it's just going to ruin their day. You know, you call a Mexican person a wetback. And I also think it's funny that I have to say the N word instead of saying yeah. nigger, but I can say wet back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not calling anyone that in either case. It's like Melanie's bit about midget. Yeah. yeah. About the but, midget. And, and yeah. if you call, what word do you say to white people? Cracker? We don't care. 
Yeah, yeah. No. It's, we don't care. It's a word. It's you call us racist. Racist. Though. That word. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But here's that, and it makes you feel the same way that you would yeah. feel as a. a but that's because if you say cracker on stage, you're not gonna get a white guy. Excuse me. You offended me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've heard I, people though, like you know what's really that really hurts me when you what? use the c word. What? The c word? Yes. No, cunt is the c word. Yes. Okay. See, <laughs> not to crackers. Crackers. <laughs> Unless I, they're female. Uh, <laughs> see, I have like. Republican views, but if I'm doing a bit, I know to go Democratic because if I do Democratic, I don't get Republicans coming up. You know, if I do Republican, I get Democratic. And, and, yeah. he, and here's really the, here's the thing and I told he told me that. And I, I always said I would have figured vice versa. I no, here's the that, thing I always told. has been my experience. I thought, uh, this is the thing I always tell JT about that is I don't even know what our president is, Democratic or Republican. I that's how much I care about his policies. Um, I don't care. I'm, well, no, I'm not <laughs> like I, I know so little about politics, and I can't even like I can't write a joke, Democratic or Republican. Let's say that like let's dive into politics. My yeah. point no, was, what I'm saying is, well, yeah, yeah. is, is I, I never well, let's dive into politics. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to dive into no, politics. Well, here's the thing: I don't, I, I never when, when I write a joke, I write a joke for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't write a joke for anybody else. Yeah, and I yeah, and, yeah, or how like, it goes. Now the way I tweak a joke is. From audience response, that's editing. Yeah. But when I write a joke, that joke's my baby. Yeah, well, you know, I've never sat down and said, you know what, I really want to offend all the Republicans out there today. I want to make every I, I, so I, I'm going to make jokes making fun of them, or I'm going to make I'm going to I really want to go and offend the blacks, or I want to go offend yeah. African Americans. Usually, it, I'll see something or I'll hear something, and it'll it'll click a thing in my head. And then I'll have this just little nugget, and then I'll work on it later and write a whole See, whole bit out of it. I, but I've never set out to, I'm going to write a joke about this because I don't like that. Thing. Right. Yeah, I've never done that either. What, my idea of writing a joke is to entertain a crowd. Yeah. Uh, and I laughter is my reward. Yeah. If you're writing a joke... For yeah, more job after yeah, this well, Yeah. But male I, or um, female, I, I, I had an old like I had a few bits about like Obama. They like they weren't like super offensive. They were just kind of like they were one liners. Yeah. They were you know like oh Obama loves his kids. He wanted to give him everything that he never had, like a valid birth certificate. Oh uh-huh, ha because they there was controversy over that. All right, I thought nothing of it. But every show I do it, I had somebody coming up just bitching about it, just like. Well, he is an American man. And just like, it was a joke. Wait, it, it was, was Kevin Dinkin that <laughs> complained about it? <laughs> he was an American well, here's the man. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Dinkin's pissed at him. He does a lot of impressions, too. He just doesn't do them on stage. He does. He does all the comedians in Fresno. Lake does Not all. Comedian. I can't do all. I can do a few, but... You know, it, the next episode is going to be Blake. He's going to be the only actual guest, but oh. I'm going to say that four other people are here. Oh, dude! Be, run awesome. Oh, look, Daniel Eaches just showed up. Everybody, but well, he oh. can do Daniel Eaches. I'm running. I want to punch you in the face. I'm sorry, that was my bad. I was like, oh, this is a good story. And then I was like, come with this, Danny. I fuck up your joke. Is that good, man? Oh, we're I'm blonde, dude. I'm blonde. You just gotta accept we're this. We're gonna do the knock and everything. Like, oh, here he comes. <laughs> dude, I'm blonde, man. You gotta accept it. I was sitting here like, oh, shit, like 20, 20 minutes ago. Real. I was sitting here. Oh, you broke him, broke him. Uh-oh. Those of you at home can't see that Danny just no. broke his glasses in half. His, his glasses That's how fake. funny you are, Blake. His glasses yes. are fake anyways. He just uses no, them. No, they non-prescription. They're, they're not fake. They're, 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 they're fake. I mean, you can hold them. You can pick them up. You can put them on. They're yeah, fake. you know, I was, I was reading. They're non-prescription. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I wrote a whole bit about making fun of you for wearing what? Do you make fun cosmetic. of a, do you Do you make fun of a female comedian for getting out with makeup on? Yes. No. What, well, why well, it Matt does. No, 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 no. Matt Amos does. I was reading an article no. about glasses like that, and non-prescription glasses have became a fashion trend. I think of yeah. them like sunglasses. I've been doing it for five years. Yes. Yeah. I, I always thought that they were prescribed. No, I didn't start it. I, uh, I was on a TV show called the Which Cruise is coming out tonight. Um, the Early Late Show with Danny mm-hmm. and Mike. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I looked like a human thumb on the television screen because I had my hair shaved. Uh, I'm completely white. I had nothing. I was just completely whitewashed. So every episode, I look like a thumb 
like talking to people. <laughs> and so the girl I was living with at the time was like, here, let me get you a pair of these glasses. And she gave me actually a pair of her glasses that looked very similar, but they were prescription and they were very hard to yeah, wear. Hard to see, yeah. And then she told, grow, grow your stubble out on your face. It'll break up the color on your face. And it worked. <laughs> I, I was way more watchable than the thumb. So that's when I started wearing the glasses. And it's one, two, three, four, now we have a thumb more. Yeah. They're aesthetic. It's like, it was like there's yeah. image consultants too, or yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, well, it's about an hour, and we got to get going to the hilarious. Make the hilarious show tonight. So, yeah. guys, thanks a lot for uh, coming and doing the podcast. Anytime. Oh no, Joel. Any. You know what, Joel? Fuck you. Okay. Yeah. Anytime. I had, I had a great time. I'm with you. Okay. I got to start it with. Oh, a hey guys, Daniel Eaches is, is here. here. Wow, like you guys are doing a whole podcast and everything. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're almost as skinny as you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay, By bye, the way, Daniel H. So I don't want to come just, back to this real, fucking podcast. Real quick, and, and Daniel H. I'm sorry for throwing this out there. Just next time, look at his hands. They fucking freak me out. <laughs> yeah. I haven't looked at them. Uh, well, I, I didn't until the last Daniel time H. I worked just with him. Listen to this. He's like, yeah, screw you. He's Daniel. the one guy listening to him. Yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's my listener. <laughs> I love that he's looking at his hands and he's horrified like he never knew. I never knew. Well, uh, thanks again for coming out. Um, I am JT Foreman. I've been here with uh, Blake Hayden, Danny Mitch, and Gabriel Francisco. We are the Bitter Comics, and I will talk to you next week. Peace. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo.